Hello and welcome to the Ask Adam and Ryan show. My name is Adam Welcome. And my name is Ryan Sheehy. And this is a question this is a show where you have questions and we have answers. So Adam, since the last uh, podcast episode, um, we went since we recorded it, uh, you did a little bit of running. Tell us about it. I kind of forgot about it, to be honest. <laughs> oh, jeez. I ran four marathons last week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. On the, there's, there's a bunch of bridges in the Bay Area, but I ran on the four bridges that have walking paths. And uh, I felt good. It was good. And I, I ran this morning. And um, I, yeah, I feel my body feels like I didn't even do anything, to be honest. And I actually have another marathon next weekend in Oklahoma. So I realized this morning that I'll have run five marathons this month. So, uh, yeah. So everybody that's sitting on their couch listening to this, I guess the message is get off the couch and go do something. Turn off Game of Thrones and go watch. Go go run. Go run. Yeah, man. How about Uh, you? What's going on? (laughs) Well, I'm watching. I'm in the middle of Game of Thrones right now. I'm just kidding. Uh, Now, just. just getting after it. I've been actually uh, trying to get on my mountain bike as much as I can right and uh, riding. So it's been good. We've had some good weather. Like outside your driveway? Outside. Actually, yeah. Outside of my garage <laughs> and everything. I roll it out. I jump, jump on it. Uh, luckily, we live close enough to go ride up to yeah. some trails and do that. And I'm trying to get my son into it cool. right now and uh, do some kayaking, which was cool. Fun. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, to get outside and just uh, enjoy where we live because uh, we are blessed that we're not getting snow. Mm. Like some of our friends back in the Midwest, oh, Minnesota, Wisconsin canceled school. I know, I saw oh that, gosh. and I saw somebody had somebody was canceling today for like the weather that they got this weekend. I'm like, yeah, dang. And then uh, you did a little race last year that got some weather, and it's getting a little weather today. Marathon today. Monday in Boston. Yeah. It wasn't like last year. I think we still have the record for the worst weather, but uh, yeah, I saw that uh, Des, who won last year, she came in fifth. Jordan Hase uh, came in third, female American. So, a lot of friends doing the race right now, though. So, yeah. Oh, I guess it's it's over already. It's over. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, they're three hours, hours ahead. ahead. It starts. It's a, it's a later race. It starts at like ten, I think ten thirty. Uh, those races start a little bit later for television purposes, I think. But um, gotcha. Yeah, Oklahoma starts at six thirty in the morning next Sunday. That's I like Holy it nice and early. Snakes. Get up and early, so it'll be fun. When are you you're, you're heading out there? Are you spending some time in Oklahoma, or just just for the race? Uh, no, I just fly out Friday and then fly home Sunday. So cool. Yeah. Oh, I love Oklahoma, but there's not like a ton to do in Oklahoma. I mean, like <laughs> I, I love Oklahoma. I have a lot of friends there, but it's not like a a tourist destination. Tourist. I would say. Downtown's nice. There's a there, there's a river. They actually have a minor league baseball team there. They do have a basketball team, the Thunder. Yeah. In um in Oklahoma, but uh, no, I'm just going for the race, strictly the race. Yeah. So, okay. I'm trying to think if has the Oklahoma Thunder done anything. I have no idea. I doubt it. I mean, I think, I think they played the Warriors, but I don't think they beat them. I think ever since Kevin Durant left, they uh. Oh yeah, Kevin, know, is that the team Kevin was on? KD. All right. Let's well, get hey, let's get started with some questions here. So, um, question number one. Uh, they sent us this. They want me to ask Adam this. So I'm just, this is just going to be an Adam answer <laughs> question. Um, how do you approach teachers and educators who are hesitant about using technology in the classroom? Yeah. I mean, like every single day I've been dealing with this for the last however many years. And uh, I can remember when I had iPods in my own classroom when I was a teacher and that was like hot, that was like the hot technology at the time and other teachers just didn't understand it. And then, you know, you just got to be consistent and you got to show uh, them how easy it is to use the technology. Don't give up. And then you have to 
support. And I think support comes in many different ways. It's either you helping to support or it's actually sending your students to that classroom of that teacher so the students are actually supporting. Because sometimes another adult, another teacher doesn't want to be taught by a colleague Especially if you're younger, I was always the younger guy. I was always the young principal and some veteran teacher didn't want to learn from some young kid who thought that they knew everything. And um, But if I sent some students over, that was a different story because the students weren't teaching the kids. They were supporting the students. I think that's a really big thing that people need to think remember too. It's like you don't really even, even need to teach the teachers the technology we need to teach teachers to let go of what they don't know and actually empower the students and have the students help each other. So I would just say, don't give up. If this, this question came from a teacher, um, you know, I get it. I've been there. It's frustrating. And at the end of the day, you got to focus on your students and what you're doing. And if you're a principal or an administrator listening to this, you just got to you got to find every single way, every single idea possible. You know, just don't ever give up. I saw a video this weekend on The New York Times about rural America and how they can't find teachers. And there's a superintendent in Montana, rural Montana, and he's hired people from the Philippines. He's like, oh man, we got people from the Philippines to come and teach. And it's like negative 30 in Montana. And he's like, but they love it. And they're going to universities and they're busing prospective teachers to the town and showing them around, hoping hoping that someday when they graduate, they're going to come. You know what? He's like, if there's an idea, I've tried it. And that is so much better than just saying, I don't know, I tried once. Like yeah. once? Come on, you got to do more than one thing. I know this question was for me, but what do you think, man? First off, that video was very interesting. Interesting, right? Like, yeah. He was talking about getting people from the Philippines in. and uh, But the problem with that is that they can only be there for five years mm-hmm. until their visa runs out. Um, so I was I was watching that. And I actually reached out this morning to uh, Cass Nelson, mm. uh, who Adam's running with yep. next week. Yep, but yep. Uh, she's in rural Oklahoma. Rural. And I was just telling her, you know, like the, the job of a principal is so different based off the population yeah. and where we work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now globally, like the job is the same. Mm-hmm. However, like the, the day-to-day operations is drastically different. Yeah. So as you're talking, I had a question came in, into my head about what you said. Um, do you think teachers responses would have been different to you if you weren't the young teacher, if you were an older teacher? Yes. Because I was the young teacher and they didn't want to listen to some young teacher. I'm saying that surmising, but I'm, pretty positive. And let me tell you why. When I was the young principal, I was 30 years old as a brand new elementary school principal. Um, Some of my teachers on my staff wouldn't listen to me. And then some of my colleagues wouldn't listen to me. So what I did was um, once I turned over a couple of the veteran teachers to the ways of the world and using technology because it's relevant and it's the language that kids speak, I would take them on the road with me when I would go talk to other principals or other staffs within our district. And the response rate was so much more powerful because they, I believe, because they saw that veteran teacher with me and the other teacher would say, oh, well, if they can do it, I'm going to do it. But if it was just me, you can't be the only one beating the drum. And if it's, if it's, you're young, if you're a veteran, if you're not or whatever, um, I do think it made a difference though. I really, really do. No, I think, and it's probably the same thing too in dealing with a younger teacher. I think probably Mm -hmm. uh, a younger administrator, a younger peer would have more connect. It's all about connections, right? It comes back to that piece. And and often we connect with 
people who are like us, mm-hmm. people that look like sure. us, and people yeah. who act like us. Fair so. enough. All right. Question number two. What role do relationships play with students that are not gaining academically? Do you feel that they, relationships, still matter if there are no academic gains? Yeah, so um, I think uh, the person that's sending this question sent us in kind of like a, a scenario where this where this came across. Um, and absolutely, relationships uh, matter no matter what. Now, I think that we need to leverage those relationships in areas where there's no academic gains and really look and have those conversations of why. Why are there no, there are no academic gains? And um, I think that's the key there. But if you have the relationship, I look at it as relationships as the base, the foundation for everything else. So if you have that positive relationship, then you're going to be able to have those conversations that to provide true valuable feedback to those students that are not making those academic gains, which therefore hopefully will make those academic gains. Now, the question came from somebody who said, I want to define academic gains. Because, okay. Yeah. I mean, right. Like, think about it. Like, we're what are we actually using as the as the, the measurement as the measurement? Yeah. The standardized test at the end of the year, or the summative evaluation, or assessment, or spelling test, or math quiz. I mean, because let's actually talk about that. So, we're, I don't think we need to define that here right now. But I think for the person that asked this question, or for anyone in general, forget what you're actually using to think about the gains. Um, maybe they are gaining. Maybe you got to look at how you uh, how you assess a little bit different. And actually, they actually do have some gains. Um, but if you're using the same old measuring stick with every single kid, they're not going to show the gains because every kid's not like the one, especially the one that needs the relationships the most. Yeah, true. But I mean, I mean that opens up to really look at assessment, assessment, mm-hmm. and to look at what the academic gains are. That's a huge conversation. I think that uh, in a classroom, if you don't see the effort. You don't see those things. I think that translate into the mm-hmm. academic gains and, you know, but having those relationships definitely builds upon that and makes it happen. Um, I mean, the person that brought up this question was talking about if they don't see the academic gains, whatever measure you're using, sure. then there's no need for the relationship um, is what they had heard. And I, I think that's totally bogus and oh, yes. um, just not... Uh, not relevant to life. I mean, Adam and I were just talking before we started recording about something and we came back to, it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's a relationship that matters. And that is going to be the key for everything in life. Think Think of people that are in the workforce all the time. They might not necessarily have the production that is needed. Mm -hmm. However, they have the relationship with the people that they need to have relationships with. And guess what? They still have a job. And so ultimately they're providing some type of service what that may be um, is different for everyone, but the relationship is the key for them. All I want to say is yes, relationships matter if you're seeing academic gains or not. But I really would really point out to the person that asked this question and everyone in general is look at the measuring stick and what you're using. Because if you want different outcomes, you have to change the process and the process needs to be different with the assessment and how you're looking at it for all of our kids. If we just give our kids, I mean, we do this with standardized tests and we give all the kids the same test. And we just think, okay, well, some kids did good and some kids didn't didn't do good. But like, how about all kids are different? Like, shouldn't we be giving them different tests? And I don't think that conversations will ever get solved in public educa- education because it's so political and money driven and everything else. But um, stop and look and think about what you're doing. But relationships matter most. Do you think in other countries where education is, you know, looked at as like uh, they're really high in education scores and stuff, do you think they focus the same on relationships? 
I, I don't know, but I don't think so. I mean, I think, I think we've, I feel personally that we have done and that we do too much entertaining in education in the, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the United States. And we try to do too much entertaining. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't engagement is not important. It's completely important, but like you, I see it as like kids, you get to go to school. There's a lot of places in this world that like they kids don't even think there's no school. I, I tell my kids when we go to the doctor, you get to get a shot. So it keeps you healthy and they look at me, but now they get it. We have medicine. So I don't think that we have to like entertain kids. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I've actually long wanted to go work in another country to see what yeah. it's like. I think hopefully sometime in my life I will just to see what it's like. Um, I think it's more business-ish. If there's any international po- listeners of this podcast, I would say out of North America, Europe, Asia. I'd yeah. want to hear from like Europe, Asia. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd say mainly Europe, maybe. I'd like to, Asia too. I would love some um, some perspective on that. You know, yeah. I had a friend that was in, uh, they, their child was in a dual immersion Chinese school in Utah. Mm. And so he's about to go to middle school. And so they took a trip to China um, over spring break and they were sending videos and it was very reg- regimented, like mm-hmm. militaristic, um, style learning. When then you look at Europe, you look at like, um, the Netherlands yeah. or Finland, Finland, um, look at the schooling there. That's, that's one area that I love to visit mm-hmm. to see kind of mm-hmm. what they're doing. So, um, if there's any mm-hmm. listeners out there that have any, uh, information on that or some feedback, hit us up. We'd love yeah. to love to learn with you. Yeah. All right. Question number three. How about ideas for breaking students out of doing the average? They seem excited and are engaged, then turn in just average, or in many cases, far less than average. The system of spoon feeding created it. How do we undo it? Yeah. Yeah, um, Breaking students out of average. Well, it starts with you, the teacher. Uh, I mean, what are your expectations? What kind of expectations are you uh, providing and giving to your students or what kind of energy and mojo are you bringing every day? I mean, hey, our good friend Hamish Brewer, you know, average is not cool, you know, yeah. being relentless. And he brings the mojo and he brings the heat and the teachers and the students feed off that. So yeah. if you don't want average, uh, hey, if we're working out and I think you can do more, I'm going to like get you to do more. If, if, if I want you to do average, we're just going to show up every day at six o'clock and do our workout and shake hands and go home. But if you want something else, you got to bring you got to bring the mojo. You got to bring the energy. I mean, in the spoon feeding, oh my gosh, this is a societal problem. When I was a teacher, I told my students, if I see your parents carrying your backpack, we're going to have a problem. Yeah. Unless you have a broken arm. This morning, I was bringing my kids to school, dropping them off, walking through the parking lot, saw uh, a good friend of ours, has a kindergarten son. She was carrying his backpack and his lunch. And I'm looking at the kid like, does he have a broken arm? Is it in a sling? You know, and I almost said something, but like, I don't want to alienate our neighbors and friends, yeah. but like what that is spoon feeding. He does not carry his backpack all day. It is on a hook outside of class or in a cubby. Stop spoon feeding. Kids need to be able to t- take care of themselves. Break out of average by bringing the energy and bringing the mojo. Yeah. Raise the bar. That's it. I think, you know, that too often we lower the bar so yep. we can be inclusive of everyone. But that's not life. Mm-hmm. We need to we need to raise the bar and raise our expectations because 
kids will rise to the level that we set forth for them. Um, we need to stop uh, doing everything for them. Stop making it easy on them. Now, obviously, there's there's time and places, right? And mm-hmm. you know, we say that, and then people may take that out of context. There's time and places for everything that we do. Yeah. Um, but and as long as we're being intentional with it, and we're it aligns with our why, and we're we're sharing that with others, I think that that's the key. But we do we need to start start holding our kids accountable, raise the bar. Um, you know, so often we talk, I talk to different, um, parents that they're asking me different questions and I'm like, well, who's doing that? Well, we, we did it together. And I'm like, you did it together. Your kids in sixth grade, what do they really need? You know? And I've seen it since my kids have been, um, in preschool up and now my oldest is in sixth grade. And, um, I have a couple more sprinkled in there is that parents are doing everything for their kids rather than making them do it in our household. No. They make their own lunch. They make their own breakfast. You mean your kindergartner? Even my kindergartner, yeah. And if he chooses not to, uh, unfortunately, he doesn't eat. <laughs> you know, so it, it's one of hey, those things that we're he's being forced to do it. This, this is so timely. This morning, my son, both my kids love wearing watches. You know, yeah, both yeah. of our boys are in kindergarten. And they both have watches now. Yep. My son wears a watch every day. So we drop my daughter off at 730 because she takes Spanish in the morning. He'll take it next year. And then we have like 30 minutes to hang out until kindergarten starts. So we bring books. We read books in the car and stuff. Yeah. So over the last few weeks, he's forgot his watch probably three times. And we live literally a mile from school, right? Dad, can we go home and get the watch? Get my watch. I said, okay. Drop my daughter off. We go home, get the watch. We come back and we read. It takes like 10 minutes with traffic and stuff because yeah. we're by the high school. Well, today I told him, but you got to come up with a better solution. You got to put your watch out somewhere. You're going to remember it, blah, blah, blah. This morning we were driving to school. He's like, oh, I forgot my watch. I was like, we're not going back. We get to school, we get we get out with my daughter, walk her, walk her to Spanish. It's a little bit chilly. It's supposed to rain maybe this afternoon. He had a rain jacket on, but he should have had a sweatshirt on too. Dad, can we go home and get a sweatshirt? I turned to him, I said, we can go home and get a sweatshirt, but you cannot get your watch. And he looks at me like, are you kidding me, Dad? I said, like, you understand? He's like, all right. I'm like, you cannot get your watch, even though we're going home. Because he forgot it. Yep. I'm teaching him a lesson. We get home, I give him the keys. He goes in the house, comes back out. Do you have your watch? He says, nope. And he knew. He knew. He was mad at me at school, but once we come come home, he knew. He knew what I was doing to him. And to me, that is – we're kind of off topic, but I think it's a good conversation. No, no, it is. You know, like I think that is how you don't spoon feed kids. You build responsibility because now he's going to put a, his watch. I'm like, what's your plan now? He's like, I'm going to come up with a plan to put my watch. And he's six. Our boys are six, you know? Um well, it's and it starts with us as parents. Hundred percent. Because I know that uh, I know firsthand experience. As soon as we raise the bar here at school, and it doesn't align to what they're doing at home, who are we getting those phone calls from? Parents. Parents, because parents are complaining about hey, yeah. this, that, and the other thing. It's funny because uh, talk about spoon feeding and, and catering and not holding ourselves accountable. Last week, I got a I got an email from a parent. Now, not really going off topic, but it's it's a good story. So we have had a lot of traffic problems in front of our school. We've had a lot of people parking where they shouldn't be parking, parking in the crosswalk, speeding. We've had accidents. Welcome kids, to every school. Yeah, and you- <laughs> kids almost getting hit. So our local police department has been has stepped up enforcement. So over the last four or five weeks, they have been writing tickets galore out in front of our school. We Some days we'll have three patrol cars, a motorcycle cop, and they just line people up. So last week I got a parent email saying, uh, you know, Mr. Sheehy, 
Uh, I'm sure you've noticed there have been a lot of tickets being given out in front of school. Would you please um, talk to the police department and ask them not to enforce the laws in front of your school? And I was like, wait, what? I was like, what? Talk about accountability, right? And so my, my email response was nice, but it was like, hey, they're they're enforcing the laws and the laws are, are the same everywhere. I'm you not know, the police. Everywhere you, everywhere you drive and um, I wouldn't, wasn't going to be contacting them, asking them to stop doing no. it, but we need to be, do the right thing, do the right thing. Exactly. It's like the staff parking lot. We have a staff parking lot that says staff parking only yet. You have like 10 signs, staff parking only. yet. Uh, you go in there in the afternoon. It is flooded with parents yeah. because guess what? Those rules don't apply to them. Yeah. I was just going to be here for a minute. I was sitting in an attendance meeting not that long ago and this child's been late to school 45 times. Oh my gosh. The, the parent had the audacity to look at, it was a, cr- a group meeting, look over to me. So what are you doing to make my daughter on time? What am I doing while well, I'm having this meeting with you? We're talking about this. We've said this, this, and this. Yeah, but you're not going to do more. You're not going to send somebody to the house to get her. No, what? I'm not. Yeah. I, this is a responsibility piece, right? And so, yeah, it's about spoon feeding our kids, but it's also about spoon feeding our our parents on our campuses and society. So I think we need to look, Mm -hmm. we need to pull back somewhat and stop coddling every single person. Somewhat. Um, And pull back. Well, you look at, but you also look at like, like uh, employers too. So many different employers coddle. I know a lot of principals uh, that sit in meetings with me that are at work until 11 Min, 11 o'clock midnight. And I'm asking, what are you doing? Well, I'm getting this ready for these teachers. I'm getting this ready. I'm like, you guys, and if it's like that in education, I guarantee you yeah. it's like that other places. Yeah. Stop holding everybody's hands, raise expectations. People are going to meet it. We had question four, but I think we already covered it. Any tips for fostering intrinsic motivation in students? I think one of the I big, mean, one of the big things though is goal setting. True. I think, yeah, you know, good. I think, uh, too often we don't include the kids in the goal setting processes. Point. Yeah. So creating the, Setting those goals, making sure that they're smart goals, um, and then also providing true feedback yeah. and good feed, quality feedback. Because yeah. I know a lot of times we're very brief because we're such busy individuals and we don't provide that quality feedback. But if I think between goal setting, quality feedback, that intrinsic motivation will definitely increase yeah. and uh, set kids on the right, the right path. Question that. number five. When you walk into a classroom – what do you expect the teacher to be doing and what do you expect the students to be doing? It depends, but I want I do what I don't want to see yeah. is the teacher at the front of the class just talking. And 24, 30 kids are just sitting there or one kid's at the board doing one thing while everybody else is looking at that kid. Ideally, the teacher has already done a mini lesson and then the kids are working. They're working independently. They're working in groups or there's three to three to five different things going on in the classroom and the teacher yeah. is facilitating that learning. I don't really think teachers even need a desk anymore, to be completely honest, because you have your laptop, you're moving around uh, and you're checking in with kids or you're um, organizing or you're reading with them or you're assessing. And um, basically the class could go on without you at times. I think that's really important. Like if you walked out in the hallway to talk to somebody else, talk to your principal, the kids wouldn't even know you were gone because they're engaged. They know you're gone if you're the one standing at the front of the room all the time because they don't know what to do. And that's how you build independent thinkers. And that's how kids problem solve. That's how kids fail and they work together and they learn to collaborate and communicate and everything else. So um, this could be like a three hour show on what I would like to see in classrooms, but that's like the abridged version. Yeah, definitely. So I, I want to see I want to see teachers interacting with students, and I want to see students interacting with each other. Um, that's something that I look for every time I walk into a classroom. 
Um, and I agree with you. I'm not a big fan of teachers standing up in the front and lecturing, but I do think that depending on the class and depending on the grade level, sometimes there is that does need to be done. Sure. But um, definitely, de- definitely depending on the situation. One of the things that drives me nuts is teachers sitting behind desks talking with students, like lecturing to the class yeah. or teaching from behind a desk or sitting there. And I can't stand, honestly, even at the high school level, I'm not a fan of silent classrooms. Yeah. Um, and too often I walk into them and it feels like I'm walking into a hospital. Yeah. And that's just, that's just no, for an not, assessment, that's fine, good. but not when kids are learning. Yeah. Oh and so, and that's, and that's a piece. And this question doesn't necessarily preface what time of day or yeah, where yeah. you're walking in on, but those are just some of the things I always walk in. First thing I do is I look, what are the students doing? Yeah. Because you can tell what the teachers, I don't even need to see the teacher and I can tell you what the teacher's doing just based off of what the, um, the students are interacting with and what are they doing in the classroom yeah hey tweet us your questions at mr adam welcome rashi here rw and we'll try to answer as many as we can on our next show thank you thank you so much for listening if you like what you're hearing on our podcast we'd appreciate you giving us a review and subscribing make sure you tune in next week and have an awesome day